Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1. Cincinnati, Ohio. One more hour and I'll be home. Close my eyes and rest my bones. Can't be more than a mile or so from Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to Hunt Fred's October podcast, episode 44, the Eric Davis edition. I'm your host, Coop. And tonight we've got some special guests here to talk some Reds baseball and some other baseball-related topics. First, we have back on the podcast, you know him as Obscure Former Reds, Ken. How are you tonight? I'm doing all right, guys. I was hoping for some good quality baseball this evening, but apparently that's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Braves just... Um, yeah, I don't, we won't even. Yeah, uh, we also have the host of the Reds Alert podcast, Stephen Offenbaker, on. Steve, how you doing? I am great. Aloha, and Yadi Molina can kiss my ass. Thank you very much. We also have Burmy. Burmy, how you doing? Doing great, Coop. Thanks for having me back on. Uh, right. I want to give a shout out to Ram at Uncle Ram, and I also want to give a shout out to. Uh, Yadi Everlina for playing the game the right way. What a class act. Yeah. What, what a classy <laughs> ball player. Jesus Christ. I have a feeling that he's going to be a popular topic <laughs> during the Cornhog of the Week segment. Uh, it's going to be a unanimous selection. <laughs> Branch. We got Branch on. How are you doing tonight? I, 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 I was so pumped for today. And then I was like, oh, these games are going to be great. And then, like, they're not been. And I'm like, thinking it's my fault because, well, I'm a fan and everything's my fault, of course. Uh, which Damn I know I have nothing to fucking do with it at all. But, uh, but you know, other than that, I'm doing good. I'm really pissed that the Cardinals are going on to the NLCS and, well, shit, the damn Dodgers and, yeah. Yeah. Grumble, grumble, mumble. Grumble, grumble, mumble, mumble. Well, let's, yeah. just, let's just talk about that for a second. The Cardinals won 13-1 to over the Braves because... I don't know what Folkadavich was doing, but it didn't work out. Um, and now uh, we're recording, obviously, on Wednesday. And the Dodgers are up 3 to nothing right now over the Nationals. So we're probably looking at a Dodgers-Cardinals NLCS. What are your all's thoughts? Uh, let's start with you, Barmy. What are your thoughts on a Cardinals-Dodgers NLCS? Now that we said that, the Nationals are going to come back and win just to, you know, totally screw us on the podcast. Of course. But, of course, you know, the jinx. Um, I'll tell you what. If you're like all of us and you absolutely adamantly abhor alliteration, the Cardinals, you're, you are you got to be rooting for the Dodgers because they're clearly better than the Cardinals, you know, on paper. But also, they match up well pitching-wise. They match up well offensively. So you would think that that would be the matchup that would eliminate, you know, the Cardinals uh, from moving on to the World Series, like I said, in theory. Uh, but that'll really kill older Reds fans who grew up in the NL West days. So it's kind of a lose-lose. Branch. Um, yeah, I'm a little pissed about it. But if we're going to end up with the probable outcomes of, the two, of two of the best uh, analytical teams, two of the best developmental teams, two of the best at signing overseas free agents teams. I'm fine with 
the Cardinals getting their asses spanked by the Dodgers and seeing a Dodgers-Astros World Series again because that proves a lot of stuff I actually believe to be true. Even though there's part of me that like wants the Rays to like, fuck you, I'm going to beat the Yanks, beat the Astros, and then they beat the Dodgers. You know, just the underdog factor, you know, and the fan factor and me going, oh my God, can you believe that happened with $60 million payroll or whatever the hell it is they got. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be cool to watch. <laughs> Ken, your thoughts on the potential Cardinals-Dodgers matchup? The Dodgers pitching is really good. I mean, between Ryu and Bueller and Kershaw, well, not Kershaw's horrible playoff ERA notwithstanding, is really good. Um, I think their pitching is just better than, than the Cardinals pitching, and so um, they're going to outlast them. The hitting is quasi-even. Um, also, if the Cardinals go in with Carlos Martinez as their quote-unquote closer, they could be in trouble. Yeah, Carlos Martinez, the guy who blew the kiss and then gave up the winning hit the other day. <laughs> Steve, give us your it was such a shame. It was such a shame he was playing the game the right way, too. It's just terrible. Steve, your thoughts? Well, you know, I think I agree a lot with what Ken just said. For me, the, the Cardinals, you know, they're arrogant, they're hypocritical, uh, they're crybabies whenever given an opportunity. Um, a lot of their fans are much of the same. So just from a standpoint of being able to root for a team, I just I can't root for those guys. Uh, them being in the Reds division, not even factoring in, I just can't root for a team like that. And then you take everything that Ken just said, I think the Dodgers get the edge on pitching, and I really would give them a, a slight edge on hitting as well. You know, when their bats get hot and they get underneath the ball, they, they're as good as anybody at driving the ball out of the ballpark. So... For me, I think the Dodgers win that series in five games, and I don't think that uh, I think the Cardinals will get away with one uh, luck a lucky one. But for the most part, I think the Dodgers are going to control that series. Yeah, the Cardinals really got to the Braves bullpen, and I think the Dodgers bullpen is a lot better. Uh, I mean, that that game what was a game two or was it the game one where they scored like four or five runs in the top of the eighth? And basically, yeah, game one. yeah, just changed the whole complexion of the series. Even well, even Cunha didn't run out of fly ball or whatever. Yeah, changed the whole series. Blah blah blah. John Amon. Yeah, oh, and that's something we'll get to in a minute. Uh, <laughs> um, so in the AL, we've got the Yankees, and then what we were talking about the Rays and the Astros playing an elimination elimination game tomorrow night. Let's start with you, Ken. If it's Astros, Yankees, who you got? Trying to beat Verlander and Cole four times in, in a series is going to be really, really difficult. Um, for all the talk of the Astros doing it the right way and building from within, yes, Bregman um, was drafted very high because they were terrible. Correa was drafted very high because they were terrible. Altuve, but all their pitching is from the outside. Um, Cole was traded for, Verlander was traded for, uh, Granke was traded for. So, I mean, it's a mix of homegrown and building building upon your weaknesses. Um, and obviously, no, uh, uh, most people know what the Yankees do. They they trade for and sign um, and, and spend money. If, if it's the Astros and the Yankees, that's a combined payroll of $400 million. 
um, pretty obvious what the Reds need to do. Spend. Now, if it's the Rays, Charlie Borton and Tyre Glasnow and Ian Snow aren't a bad one, two, three either. Blake Snow. Exactly. Blake Snow. What, who did I say? Ian Snow? <laughs> what? Who's Ian Snow? I don't know who that is. Um, <laughs> the, the Rays and that their, their payroll is deceptively low because, one, they fleeced the Pirates for Austin Meadows and, and Glasnow. Tyler Glasnow. Um, Blake Snell makes a million dollars when he just signed a $50 million deal. So his salary is artificially deflated. Um, yeah, $60 million is disgustingly low, but they have a bunch of players making league minimum who are really, really good. And, and if you want to be the Rays, that's how you're going to do it. Well, I've got a topic for our, for our future lazy journalism. Go ahead. So I'll save it. Okay. Uh, Coop. Coop. Yeah, go ahead, Ian buddy. Snell pitched for the he Ian Snell pitched for the Pirates from '04 to '09, and then for the Mariners until 2010. See, so I knew there was an Ian Snell. Yeah, Ian, Ian Snell is a is an old school NL Central name. <laughs> but go ahead, Burmy. Your thoughts on the AOL? Uh, I think it'd be cool for the Rays to win because it's basically like what the A's have tried to do for so long, just with even less even less fans. Which is kind of sad, but you know, say la vie. Uh, I hope the Astros win. I don't want to see the Yankees just cakewalk into the World Series. There is nothing besides, you know, the NL Central minus the Brewers, who I don't mind, that I hate more than the New York Yankees. They have shitbag fans, they play in a dirty city that <laughs> smells like shit. New York is the most overly romanticized thing this country has. They're so entitled. So entitled. They think the world revolves around them, and everybody should just, you know, for you Game of Thrones fans, like, bend the knee, or honestly just bend over and take it, because they exist. Because they signed players because they were in the biggest city in the United States, and they could just go out and do whatever they wanted back in the, you know, teens and 20s. So what you're... Look look how great we are, because there was no free agency. There was none of this. And then they throw 27 world championships in your face and talk about how fantastic they are. And it, it's it's just arrogant. It's unbelievably arrogant. So to continue your Game of Thrones reference, you're, you're, you're saying that New York is like the Lannisters. Yeah. And it, it, absolutely. And I've only seen like a handful of seasons roast me. I don't care. I don't have um, any idea. Steven, follow that up. <laughs> Wow, I always get the great lead-ins. I swear to God, you guys. Um, no, so with with Tampa Bay and Houston, I mean, I, I don't think that it's a I don't think that it's a foregone conclusion that Houston's going to advance. I think it's, it's Garrett Cole going in Game Five, correct? I believe so. Yeah. So you know, for me, him coming off a 15 strikeout performance, I don't think that it's and and not on his normal his normal rest and his normal routine. I don't think it's a given that he's going to come out there and repeat that performance. I think Tampa Bay's young. I think they're scrappy. And I think that they're just in the right uh, age range to not know better as far as going into, you know, the other team's place in a game five. Uh, and they're not going to let that intimidate them, I don't think. So for me, that's a 50-50 coin flip game. I think that's going to be a great game to watch. I think it's going to be good baseball. I think it's going to be entertaining. Whoever comes out of that series, I hope they go up against the Yankees and kick the shit out of them. 
for all of the reasons mentioned before, I am tired of the Yankees' entitled attitude. I am tired of Brian Cashman walking around with the checkbook in his hand thinking that he can just write whatever number it's going to take to make you do what he wants you to do. Uh, whatever it takes, as far as the team go- going up against the Yankees, they need to do whatever it takes because that team needs to be punished. So what you're saying is the Rays are kind of like the Pete Rose of the playoffs in that they're the age that people – <laughs> they don't quite know what they're doing, so Pete's just going to ready to. Oh, wow, that was a stretch. Let, let me interject something on Stephen's point. <laughs> yeah, um, go ahead. Not Garrett what I Cole? said. Yes, on Stephen's point. Um, the last time Garrett Cole didn't strike out 10 batters was 70 days ago on August 1st. So he's pretty good is what you're saying. 10, 12, 14, 14, 15, 11, 10, 14, 10, 15. Again, the Pete Rose thing just pops right in my head. <laughs> You're beginning to scare me, Coop. You're a little o- overly fixated with that. <laughs> no, that I, basically what you're saying is he's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> branch. Well, yeah, but and my no. Go ahead. What, what I'm saying though, right? he is he is very good. What I'm saying though is that the way that the Astros are using their pitchers in this series is they're pitching guys on short rest, they're throwing them on their in-between day, they're doing things that aren't normally done, and I think with a guy like Garrett Cole, he's he's very routine-based, he does things the same way every time out, and, and the results are there. But I think disrupting that routine and giving these young guys uh, an opportunity to get at him, that's why I think it's a 50-50 go as to whether or not he can duplicate his success, just because he's going to be kind of off of off balance a little bit. Branch, go ahead. All right. Um, I think Derek Cole is going to come out and throw one hell of a game again uh, because this is somebody that got traded from, you know, the NL Central, the Pirates, went to the Astros and found their method of doing things. And they sat down with him and they said, hey, we think you need to do this, this and this. And I mean, he was good with the with, with the Pirates. He was, he was a good player. He was a good pitcher. He became... Well, fuck, you just became Garrett Cole with with the Astros. And what you're seeing is an evolution of teams using advanced statistics and be, with Jeff Lunau being on the cutting edge of all this and not taking any shit off of anybody from anyone saying, hey, this will help you, including Derek Cole himself, saying, well, this is what's got me here. And him saying, this will make you better. You better fucking do it. And he bought in. And when he bought in, he has become the ace that he is. So I don't honestly think that the Rays have a chance. And they've got this nailed down probably all the way through the World Series. The only other thing, as I said earlier, is the Dodgers are about as good as the Astros in this department. So, you know. I mean... I think obviously the Astros have the edge in the game tomorrow night, but I I wouldn't call it a foregone conclusion. I mean, mm. the Rays are throwing glass now. Am, am I correct? I'm I'm a little snow? I'm a little depressed about tonight's games. So you know, well, I I, I honestly I, I right now I'm believing that the Goliaths are all going to win, and then that's 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 how I'm feeling about it right now. Yeah. Um and and you know that's okay, and. 
Garrett Cole's going to make a lot of money. <laughs> Garrett Cole's going to make like $300 million. He's going to make a lot of damn money. So, you know, it's all good. Um, and But I think he'll shut him down for about seven innings, probably probably 10 to 12 strikeouts. You know, managers do get a little trigger happy, especially in the, in the playoffs. So there could be some funkiness going on there. But I can't see the, the, the Rays being able to deal with it. All right. Well, why don't we move on to our next topic, which is lazy sports writers. And the reason I wanted to bring this up tonight is that John Heyman wrote a tweet tonight that just really was just, I don't even know what the word is for it. Just really shitty. Let me pull it up. So everybody knows. That, Ignorance a good word. Yes. Ignorant. Thank you. So everybody knows the other day, Ronald Acuna Jr. didn't run out that ball that should have been a double that he got a single on, and they went on to lose the game. Whatever. Other than that, he he had a pretty good series. John Heyman comes along after uh, the the game went final tonight. Braves won two games in this NLDS, but this really was an awful all-around performance. Star player didn't hustle in a one-run game, then hot-dogged later in the game. Late add to roster was put in key game-deciding spot. He lost, and they didn't show at all for elimination game. First of all, John Heyman, it's not Ronald Acuna Jr.'s fault that the Braves lost. And his hot-dogging was a little bat flip. How about your fucking hero, Yadier Molina, throwing his bat to fucking Springfield, Missouri after the game the other night? Or when Martinez blew that kiss at second base and then lost the game? So why is it that you're going to single out Ronald Acuna Jr. And then he's talking about Julio Tehran, who it's not his fault that he was plucked off the bench and put in because of a put on the roster because of an injury and got put in a game in a tight situation. That happens. So you're going to you're going to dog him for that? I mean it's just laziness. That's that's just one example. I mean, we could talk about laziness when it comes to Reds writing and beat writers. Uh, some of the water that gets carried by a couple of them is just sickening because they don't want to rock the boat. Uh, but, Ken, I want to get your thoughts on, I mean, what is the whole point of that from John Heyman? Oh, it's funny because when you, when you brought up lazy, lazy journalism, it wasn't Acuna's. It wasn't the Acuna tweet that I immediately thought of. It was the. It was John Heyman talking about how clutch Yadier Molina has been throughout his whole career. So it took me l- literally a minute to go to Baseball Reference, look up uh, his clutch stats, and realize that that Molina has a 7.45 OPS in almost every situation over his entire career. It's just lazy. It's reacting to what you see and calling him a hall of famer, which is completely ridiculous. It's it's, it takes a minute to look something up. There's so much information. It's not like it was 20 years ago with no internet, no, no fan graphs, no baseball reference, no baseball savant. Well, and I had a kind of a Twitter thread on that about Yadier Molina yesterday and how the numbers just, he's going to be in the hall of fame. I understand that. The numbers don't back it up. It's bullshit, though. It's bullshit. The numbers don't back it up. I mean, I'm Smoke sorry. Smoke and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors. Here's the John He's going to get in on his gold gloves 
And, and the Cardinals winning two World Series. If and the, the Cardinals he, had one two World Series, I don't think he'd be in. So here's the John Heyman tweet you were talking about. Yadier Molina is a guy who is great when it counts and twice as good as his stats at all times. Fuck you. His stats oh. are his stats. Yeah. Steven. Somebody with. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, Ken. Well, there's, there's, there's a whole lot to unpack. I mean, first of all, with John Heyman, I think that, you know, Ken nailed it one with John Heyman's lazy. Number two, you know, John Heyman is just trying to throw whatever he can against the wall and hoping something will stick and get him noticed. And whether it's good stuff that gets him noticed or bad stuff that gets him noticed, he just wants his name coming out of your mouth. And and a lot of times he's successful just on the crazy shit that he spews out there. You know, I recall a time during the last offseason, right after the Reds-Dodgers trade, that Dick Williams was doing a press conference uh, in Cincinnati and someone quoted a, a Heyman tweet at, Dick Williams and you know Dick Williams' response was, you know, I don't know where John Heyman gets his information, but that's clearly just wrong. And I think more often than not, that's the response when John Heyman sends out information. I don't know where he's getting this, but it's not correct. And, and then his take on Yadi Molina, that that is just the biggest dose of of kissing ass to a city and a player uh, that that you can look to because Molina is you know probably you know he's been durable. He's been, you know, a good guy for that city, but uh, he's, you know, when he did the 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 knife across the throat. Oh yeah, the thing, throat slash. We didn't even talk about field, that. The throat slash. I mean, the guy is just. I want to say trash, and I try not to do that, but I mean, he is really just a thug. He is not a good guy. He is not a good example. He is not. Uh, he's not a good anything, let alone a great Hall of Fame quality catcher. Uh, you know, he's just uh, the beneficiary of, of happening to be around a long time and being average. And and that's the best that I can say about him. Yanni, Yanni Molina, I think what Steven's saying is go fuck yourself. Branch. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, John Heyman, as Chad Dodson pointed out last week on Red Light Nation Radio, uh, he just likes to hear himself talk. And, you know, some he throws stuff out there that just sees what shit sticks against the wall, which you know, I think pretty much everybody agrees with. Um, it, it's just crap. You know, it, it is what it is. It's kind of sensational, sensationalism, journalism kind of thing. And um, as far as Yachty goes, the dude is not a Hall of Famer, period. He, you know, he, he's had a nice long career. He's a good Major League Baseball player. He's a good catcher. But just because you had good, a really great pitching staff and a great, really great pitching development you know, program through the entire what, 10, 11 years that you were the main catcher does not make you a Hall of Fame catcher. There's just too much that of the intangibles that they like to put on to them. And quite frankly... He scares little white reporters that would be scared of him in an alley. But he's nice to them. So they fluff him and pump him up, and they're going to put him in the Hall of Fame because of that. Because of he's a Hispanic guy with a neck pad. I, I got to jump in there. That's a great point. I think that's absolutely a great point, that he intimidates the local media, and then that just gets expounded upon by the national media. I think that the way he acts and the way he's, that he carries himself would be intimidating to anybody that's around him. So I think that's a great point. 
Burmy, give us your thoughts on lazy journalism. And if you got some yachty thoughts, jump in there too. I like how we're talking about Heyman throwing things that stick and Yachty or Molina at the same time. Boom. I also, uh, I'm glad nobody said it because I remember I roasted Heyman and it went pretty big on Red's Twitter when he gave his list of top third basemen 2019 and he put Tatis Jr. on there who hadn't played a fucking game in the show yet and left off a Eugenio Suarez. I was like, is this real? <laughs> that's just, uh, don't get me wrong. If you wanted to say potential, okay, that's fine. I, I, I disagree with you, but okay. He didn't put that. He just put right now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, or Guerrero, not Tatis, sorry. Uh, Guerrero Jr. And I was like, either way, I was like, neither one of these, these guys is, you know, have made their major league debut yet. And we're going to sit here. He's like the shitty Stephen A. Smith. And he covers baseball. <laughs> but Stephen A. Smith is an act. Well, yeah, of course Stephen A. Smith is an act. Oh I'm my saying, God. Don't get me started on Stephen A. Smith. No, no, that's, that's fine. Does, no, no, don't see if you react like that. That's what they want. Mm-hmm. So don't react like that. <laughs> don't react to Stephen A. Smith like anything. Just move on. But I think that's what Heyman like wants to do. I think he like wants to be like Stephen A. Smith, and he's just not. He's just an idiot. Yeah, it just comes up. That doesn't appeal to the baseball fan. Baseball fans don't want bullshit like that. Baseball fans want, uh, you know, honest reporting about their team or about you know baseball in general. You know, they don't want you to shit pump the you know the city and blow the owner. Looking right at you, John Fay. And, uh, yeah, I think John Faye's lazy as fuck, too, because he's like, nope, I'm just going to read the script that Bobby C. and company put in front of me. Phil, let me look at you real quick, buddy. Philly C., I see you over there. And uh, I'm going to write exactly what they wrote during the game, and this is what we're going to run. Yep. And it's, you missed it's, Paul Doherty. Oh, well, oh, you know. He, Paul Doherty's just an idiot, too. He's a blowhard. The thing is, I don't live down there. So I don't see as much of it as you guys do. Thank God. But when I when I because I I don't click on the links. I don't want to give them clicks. But you guys, you know, for you guys that live down in the you know Cincinnati area or north of Kentucky, you see a lot more of it than I do up here. So they carry they, a lot of water. They they do well, like and, the and water. they've been and they've been doing it for a long time down there. And we had a guy up here that covered the Reds in Columbus, and he covered the Indians too. And he just did a write up for both, and it was the most unbiased. It was very simple. But it was very unbiased. He would just go over everything and go, "Yep, Barry Larkin had you know three hits and two runs batted in, runs one four two over the Astros." And you were like, "Okay, cool." And he moved right along. I mean, it was simple, you know. So, it, but it, it you know in terms of the 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 lazy journalism aspect, I think some of it's just hot take social media because because they they just want to get as much attention on themselves as they possibly can, and then other times it's lazy in the sense that. They don't want to ruffle any feathers in the front office, you know, even though they don't work for the team. So what would they do about it? Oh, we are lucky enough to have C-Train. C-Train is fantastic. C-Train is good. Can I jump in there? Yeah, go ahead. C-Train's already, C-Train's, he's already blocked, he's already blocked Steven for calling Yachty trash. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, Steve. Probably. I didn't do it. I didn't do it in writing. So there you go. 
No, but you know what? That was a really good catch by Cody Bellinger, by the way. Oh, yes, it was. To the point that was just just made as far as the Reds, the local beat writers go. Uh, You know, I've I've been fortunate enough this season to actually spend a little bit of time talking to each and every one of them. And one of the things that gets said across the board is that they can't do their job without access. They can't do their job without access to the locker room, to the players, to the front office, to the interviews, to the material that they're going to write about. And I also know that the guys that that run the Reds Public Relations Office, if they don't like the narrative, if they don't like the premise, and if they don't like what's being said, they're going to cut off your access. Now, all of these people that are writing on the local beats, you know, they're trying to feed their families and put money in their bank accounts like everybody else. So when it comes to trashing the team, and and one of the things that people pointed out was Marty was always honest on the radio. Marty got to a point where he just said whatever the hell he wanted and felt like he was, you know, immune to some of that. Well, you know, that took 35 damn years for him to get into a position where he could say whatever the hell he wanted and not worry about getting fired. These other guys, if the if the team pulled their access, do you think that the Inquirer or the Athletic or anybody else would continue to employ them? I don't think so. And you mentioned a guy that's up in Columbus probably writing off of box scores and and video. You know, well, sure, he can say whatever the hell he really thinks because he doesn't have to worry about the the Reds PR department cutting him off. So I think that we gotta we gotta take these yep. things in two categories. We've got to look at point. from lazy. No, no, it's a great point. Which is, yeah, lazy journalism, which is Heyman and the things that he does in trying to to manufacture a hot take, and then the beat guys that are trying to maintain a relationship so that they can keep their jobs. Well, no one's the, asking, they, even no one's asking yeah. the beat writers to trash the team. Fans don't want yeah, them to be trash. No. Fans just want an objective, honest opinion. Well, yeah. and ba- going back to what Steven said is, I've I've heard from several people that some of the some of the Reds media relations people are very difficult to work with. No, I'm not going to say any names, but no, uh, I'll just say that. Well, I'll just I'll just say this, and then we'll move on. But the Reds media relations department has a bit of a reputation with sports writers as being difficult to work with. And that's not, I don't say that lightly. Obviously I've heard that from multiple people that people know that if you want to like do a story about the reds and you have to go through those particular individuals to get the access that it's going to be painful. So why don't we move on to we, I asked the Twitterverse for some questions. So I asked for people to submit some questions, Reds related otherwise, using the hashtag, do not touch my dick, Williams. So the Woo, who was not able to be on tonight, had a couple questions. Uh, he asked, hashtag, do not touch my dick, Williams. 20 new moons were recently discovered around Saturn. What names do you propose for these moons? So I think we should go around and at least give one name of a Saturn moon. And obviously, Cornhog is going to be the name I'm going to pick. So, uh, Burmy, if you had to name a moon, what would you call it? Warren. That is actually outstanding. Warren the moon. That might be the one. Impressive. Branch. Neil. Neil. The name Neil Armstrong. Oh, oh okay. Neil. Okay. I thought you said Neil. So what? Uh, <laughs> Steven. Uh, we'll go with good night. Good night, moon. <laughs> Ken. Good 
Night stars. Let's all go black out at our favorite bars. Wow. Okay. wow. All right. That no, that that wasn't in the kid. Okay. That wasn't in the kids' book. <laughs> yeah. Ken. I would name the. No, movie. that's the. <laughs> what? <laughs> you name it what? Woo. Woo the moon. After Greg. Shout out to Greg. Shout out to Greg. Wu also had another question. Who will win a playoff series bef- first between the Reds, Braves, Phillies, and Cardinals? Well, this is, uh, this, this is after the Cardinals Cardinal. winning. <laughs> Cardinals. Uh, yeah, so we're, yeah, I guess we'll go with the Cardinals. Great question, Wu. Pretty good question. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's an easy one. Cardinals. <laughs> Phil Razor, who also couldn't be on tonight, had a question. Hashtag, do not touch my Dick Williams. What day is it? Well, Phil, since you're out there doing whatever you is you do out there in Iowa with corn cobs, time is probably a relative thing to people out there. I knew there was a reason that this podcast was going so smoothly, but I couldn't put my finger on it. <laughs> oh, it's it's a, it's the day. What day it is? Is it's a great day because we haven't had to listen to Phil. Good, good, yes. Jonathan mm-hmm. Jonathan Webster at J Webster Ten. Shout out to Jonathan. He asks, what are your opinions on the Braves' tomahawk chants? I think it's racist and they should get rid of it. What do you all think? Uh, S- Steven. Oh, wow. I struggle with these questions with the mascot names and the the chants and so on and so forth. Here's, here's where I've come down on it, and I don't know if it's the right answer, but it's my answer. And I think that I am just way too white to really have an opinion on this. Um I think that I think that if if society has an opinion, fine, whatever. But I think the opinion that matters in this particular instance is the opinion of the Native Americans and the various tribes. And if the Braves or Major League Baseball or the NFL and the Redskins, whoever it is that wants to reach out and in an open and transparent way, really let those independent nations weigh in and then respect whatever the ultimate outcome of that question is then i'm all for that but in the meantime uh, i don't really give two two shits about the mob mentality or anybody that doesn't have some you know part the pun skin in the game to have an opinion on it because i'm not native american i don't know what it's like to be native american and i don't know what's offensive and what's considered a tribute is the chant probably more on the offensive side probably but i don't know and I think they should ask the people that are affected. I know that uh, Free Shoes University—I'm sorry, Florida State University. Uh, wow. <laughs> the I was going to talk about Florida State. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know that they. I was a Was a great. They did have some conversations with the Seminole Tribe, and they were okay with them continuing with the the traditions that they do. But go ahead. How much but, money they offered well, and, to the, and the actual, tribe to and, get them to be okay with it? Right. An actual Seminole is the one that plants the. What is it like a fire? It's like the fire spear. spear. Yeah. yeah, it's an actual Seminole that does it. It's not. It's not like a. It's not some like, like, ma- like a grand it's not, it's not, Yeah, it's not like a mask. Not some guy doing it. Not some guy named Tommy dressed up like a American Native right. American. It's an actual yeah. member of the tribe, is what you're saying. Yes, I am. So, what are your thoughts otherwise on Burmy on tomahawk chants, that kind of thing? Stephen said it. Very well, you know that's a, that's very tough to follow. Um, yeah, an open and 
transparent uh, dialogue with people. I think Brave is just very generic. You know, like Seminole is very specific to that area. Mm-hmm. So it's much easier to, you know, to sit down with, you know, the people that are Seminole, you know, the Seminole tribe and talk about, you know, like for Florida State to have representatives do that, you know, that's a much easier thing to do than just something generic like the Redskins or the Indians or the Braves or the Chiefs because that in, or the, the Chiefs, you know, that that encapsulates all Native Americans. So I think that's much more difficult to accomplish. But like, you know, like Stephen said, if there was a way for you know, the MLB and, you know, rep, you know, maybe representatives from all tribes to sit down and talk about it, you know, and come up with a solution, uh, whatever that may be. I think that would be, uh, you know, the best, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know cause of action solution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. Jesus Christ. I'm not even drunk tonight. So, but yeah, so that, uh, you know, I, I, I agree with Steven once again. Ken. I think there's a difference between, Redskins, which is clearly overtly racist, like no one would call a team the Blackskins or the Brownskins, than Braves or Chiefs, or which, in my opinion, are meant to honor a brave and fighting spirit, which are meant to be honorable and like warrior. Warrior isn't necessarily a a racist term, but it's meant to be people who are or bold and going to battle brave and chief are leaders versus Redskins. So I think it's a different conversation between Kansas city and Atlanta than there is being, and then there is with Washington. Now I also, to Steven's point, I don't have a dog in the fight. Maybe we should ask Elizabeth Warren. Oh, um, Oh man. And we tried to keep politics <laughs> off of here. <laughs> Yeah. I, wow. I resist that. Wow. She is 124th Native, 1024th Native American. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. No, that's but, fine. That's fine. No, but I, I mean, seriously, though, I think there's a difference between Redskins versus Braves and Chiefs. Now, Indians, I can go either way. If you want to make a case, I could take the other side of the argument just to have a conversation. But that's my take. Gotcha, gotcha. Branch. All right. I've spent a lot of time thinking about this and yes Steve did a really good job of summing it up as well just a normal white guys I try to be empathetic with it and try to put myself in to you know their shoes in a situation that I could uh, um, like okay you know I'm a, I'm a hillbilly I'm West Virginia and you know the mountaineers you know when you think of a mountaineer it's a, a fighting spirit all this that and the other that's great but if somebody was to take an effigy of the Hatfield McCoy feud and do the toothless hillbilly and stuff, I could see where I would have an issue with that. And um, I, I no, I'm with you think on that. that things need to be listened to on that, you know, because that's not the way I identify myself, even though it's probably honestly more accurate than a mountaineer brave in the great frontier. So our next question <laughs> comes from the Buckeye state sports at Ohio sports, uh, 19. He asks, uh, hashtag do not touch my oh, dick. H. <laughs> hashtag do not touch my dick. Williams. I owe. Are aliens real? No, they're not. Anybody else <laughs> believe in aliens? Yes, they are. And you can find one 
uh, doing insurance adjusting in Iowa. That <laughs> <laughs> fucking zing! I can't top that. Next question. <laughs> Unbelievable. That was good. Um, he so, probably stormed Area Fifty One too. He probably did. So Bill uh, at OBC Two. Uh, former red reporter he asked like 15 questions but i'm only gonna go to like a couple of them here how many reds road games did each of the uh, podcasters attend in 2019 i did not attend any reds road games this year did anybody no i went to i went to spring training if that counts i mean it's close enough yeah (laughs) i missed we got hung up in the damn redwoods of California and spent too much time up there, and I missed being able to go to see the Reds and the Angels and watching Mike Trout, damn it. <laughs> and I'm still <laughs> a little butthurt about it. <laughs> but we, were, we ended up being about eight hours behind, and I couldn't make that up on the road. This year, I didn't make it to any. Um, I usually try to make it to one a year. Um, I've been to 20 different ballparks to see the Reds. Um but no, this year I am a BFL and did not make it to any road games. I didn't either. Bill also asked, if you were a dog, what kind of breed would you be? Burmy. I'd be the big dog. <laughs> the big dog. There you go, Burmy. What kind of dog would you be? Man, I don't know what kind of dog I would be. Uh, this is going to upset a lot of listeners, but we didn't have dogs as kids in my family because our first dog bit me when I was two. So my mom was deathly afraid to get another dog. Uh, well, any of the kids were young. Smart time, dog. Very, yeah, very smart dog. Great judge of character. So after that, well, we, you, you know, my if you stop putting if you stop putting peanut butter on your penis, the dog wouldn't bite you. <laughs> Steven, I was fucking two. All right. Well, so who put I it was on there two then? Years old. But I was you were such old. a smart two-year-old. You were in the I read, percentile. I about. read at a four-year-old level, all right? It was remarkable. But So you read about the peanut butter in that? No, but I saw I saw Jurassic Park at age three, and that really changed my life, apparently. But uh, I just want to say that he's not on here, but if Phil was a dog, he'd be a bitch. <laughs> Phil would be a chihuahua. <laughs> yeah. Bill, <laughs> Phil would be shit too. <laughs> He'd be a he'd be a fucking poodle. <laughs> God, poodles are stupid. If you have a poodle, I'm sorry, but point made. <laughs> TJ at ya ya yeet one asks a question that I'm not going to answer. Hashtag do not touch my dick, Williams. Who are your favorite porn stars? And we're not going to get into that. <laughs> Phil Razor. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. Oh. No. Brandon at Bearcats RX asks, will Coop finally pony up and pay for the hat? No. I want the hat for free. Fuck no. The red listen, Reds. At Reds. I don't ask for much. Give me the goddamn hat. <laughs> I don't ask for much. Give me the goddamn hat. Branch had a question. Hashtag do not touch my dick Williams. Do you actually trust the front office to go after high-end free agents? Well, again, we, we talked about it last week, but I'll believe it when I see it. That's all i got to say about that. Retweet. High, how high-end is, is high-end? I trust them to go after um, Yasmani Grandal, 
I don't necessarily expect them to, sp- to spend $40 million a year over years for Anthony Rendon. I would love that, but no, they're not going to spend $320 million for a, a 30-year-old second baseman. Um, but uh, a Didi and a Grandal would not stun me. Okay, uh, that's that's what I was really thinking on high end is not, not Rendon. It's going to be too high. But uh, Didi... Grindall, and I actually, you know, I haven't looked at whatever relievers are out there. But yes, I, I, think there I think there we yes, might I have trust. a closer. I think we might have a closer role open, so there might be something there too. So that'll take us to the Tom Brennan Memorial Corn Hog of the Week. Uh, last week it was Donald Trump. So shout out to the. Anyway, um, so we'll go around the room and. Have everybody nominate their biggest dick of the week. And let's start with you, Stephen. Who is the dick of the week? Well, as I opened the show with, I will go again, and that's Yadi Molina and his throat slashing, neck tattoo wearing, ass hat self. He is the Cornhog of the Week. Thank you. Ken, your Cornhog of the Week, other than Yadi, which I knew was going to be yours. <laughs> yeah, it's either Yadi or John Heyman. Because John Heyman is pumping up Yachty is almost as bad as Yachty doing his throwing the bat a la Lou Pinella style into right field and throat slashing. Burmy, your corn hog of the week. I mean, everybody's going to have the same one, but uh, I think my corn hog of the week is going to be, in general, uh, the Michigan Iowa game last week that set the Big Ten back like 20 years. 10, 10 to 3. So <laughs> they're trying to change the procession of perception of themselves and then they go out and you know really big ten it up so honorable I mean, mention I mean, it's not really a person but okay uh, branch who's your corn hog of the week i would like to say yanni uh yanni but uh i'm just gonna go with ucf just because i know the fan base of this podcast okay mm. uh, oh you mean the same fan base that said that ucf would beat ohio state Good times. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think my, okay. my cornhog of the week is gonna be Carlos Martinez because we have to have more Cardinals on there. Oh yeah. So yeah. He, they played the game the right way. It's just so honorable to watch them play. And yeah, that's a topic yeah. for a future podcast because I have a whole list of those fuckers. Jose Martinez, Reds Killer. What the fuck is that? <laughs> that was me, sorry. <laughs> I found Coop. some video of goats. Wait, 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 wait. about the goat noises. <laughs> no, I was on a tw- I was on a Twitter account called Perfectly no, Cut Screams. No, we know screams. what you were on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just. I mean, you couldn't have waited until we wrapped up the show. Jesus <laughs> Christ, Coop. No, dude, this is how Coop gets his rocks off now. Podcast host. Hey, hey, what? I mean, it, when, you like when, the goats because <laughs> you like the goats because they push back when you put them against the. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> well, well, I didn't know that. Oh my god, he likes to utter fuck them. So that'll about wrap up this edition of the podcast. <laughs> we'll go around the room. <laughs> Well, yeah, apparently you've cleanup to do over there. <laughs> oh, man. So we'll, God. we'll go around the room and have everybody give their final thoughts. Uh, let's start with you, Branch. Give us your final thoughts. Uh, 
know I feel like I was a shit show tonight, so good luck on the editing. <laughs> it's on you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's honest. Boom. Uh, Ken, go ahead. Um, I just want to see exciting World Series. Um, I want to see L.A. and Houston because I can't stand the Yankees. Um, I want to see the pitching, and it's going to prove my narrative that the Reds need to spend big money to make to make it deep into the playoffs. Um, they have the pitching, but go out and get some big money free agents and invest in the ball club. I, I want to see $150 million next year minimum into in opening day, um, and we'll be able to see some playoff tickets. Steven, give us your final thoughts. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to the continued playoff baseball. Uh, thanks for having me on again, Coop. I know that uh, there's a lot of cross-listenership between all of the various Reds podcasts, so I just wanted to give a quick update for what's happening with uh, the Reds Alert podcast. I've kind of slowed down a little bit. Uh, I know you guys have been going strong. I know Chad's still coming out weekly, and, and Jeff, bless his heart, is still going daily. So <laughs> Daily, um, I know, man. <laughs> no, it's, it's amazing. So for me, I, I've, I've paused for a couple weeks. I'm putting a, together um, several off-season specials, and I'll be back in everybody's podcast feed as uh, things come together. Uh, I figure there's, there's more than enough sources of – um, the little bit of Reds information that's going on. So I figured I would take my time and put together some stuff that's kind of off the beaten path. And as those things uh, complete, we'll get them out there. But uh, we're not going away. We're just uh, we're just slowing down a little bit in the off season, and it'll pick up the closer we get to spring training. But uh, I appreciate everybody listening and being patient, waiting on our next episode. And uh, thanks again for having me on here. Hey, no problem at all. Uh, thanks for being on. Burmy, your final thoughts. Um, my final thought is I want to give a shout out to the sponsor of the podcast, Cincy Sports Gallery. Um, that was going to be my. We <laughs> failed to mention that this. We, we failed to mention them this evening. I feel like that's irresponsible. <laughs> that I really was, want to thank them. My final thought every week. I want to thank them for the brand new shoes I bought, and uh, you know the nice couple bottles of liquor. That was very kind of them. So uh, big shout out, thanks, Callie. Uh, so for my final thought, I won't be thanking the sponsor because that's already happened. Uh, well, I have no thoughts. <laughs> yeah, go, I, I didn't goat porn. Goat porn will do that to you, Coop. Uh, goat peak porn. Yeah, goat porn. This is peak ah, right it's here. It's the goat porn. Yeah. You can't concentrate without the Pete sound Rose on. says, Coop, you're bad. Oh, my. We almost made it through the podcast again. I can't let you do it. God. Burmy and his horrible jokes. But thank Ugh. you. So... That, yeah, we, we might as well wrap it up now. So for Stephen and Ken and Burmy and Branch, this is Coop saying we'll talk to you later. Cincinnati, Ohio.